You're listening to Talk of the Town, the podcast for Lurgan Town FC, the place where you'll find heart on the sleeve in bucket loads. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 6 of Talk of the Town. Uh, it's a little bit different this time. Uh, I can't actually meet up with anyone face to face to have a chat, but we have a few people lined up through the wonder of technology. Uh, just to give their insight on what's going on at the moment and the football season and their life in general. So go and get yourself a wee drink, we pack it of crisps, sit down, relax and enjoy the show. So Phil, uh, tell us how you're putting your day in. Hi Scott. Obviously things change now with the lockdown. Uh, my normal days are just not the same. Uh, mornings, however, are very similar. That's my downtime where I can just chill and relax and do things around the house. But afternoon and evenings, I would normally spend a lot of time on the, the pitch. Uh, but can't obviously can't get doing that now. So I've been reflecting on how we can support our coaches uh going forward so i've been working on and currently working on putting together a new manual to include drills and sessions to help guide our coaches through the seasons ahead and currently working on completing the afa club mark for the club and then i finished my day off with a bit of downtime with a four to five mile walk to relax and chill it is strange times indeed phil um what would be the the thing you're most looking forward to when we get back to football? For me, just getting back out onto the pitch to get coaching, coaching at the various levels, the girls' football, missing out on the soccer bully, coaching those guys. Uh, we've been going for a good 12 years or so with the soccer bully guys, and it looks as if they're not going to get their sessions this season at the minute. So basically, I'm missing all those guys, the girls, and then obviously the, the senior side of things, uh, challenging for promotion, hopefully. So, but it's all knocked on the head in a minute. So, but definitely the coaching side, being on the pitch, doing what I enjoy doing the most. Obviously, it keeps the old the old joints active uh, when you get a certain age, and it's not good sitting about in the house doing doing very little. I can't believe you brought your age up before I did there. <laughs> um, what about the, the soccer ability? And you think um, it'll be a chance for it to come back sort of towards the end of the season or maybe pre-season of next year? What What do you think will happen there? Yes, regarding the soccer ability, I'd be very keen to get it happening at some stage, whether it's going to be maybe fitted in July, August, bit of September, or starting in August, September. It's hard to say just at this stage, but I would definitely be keen to have it at some stage this year. Uh, we always try to run it when the better weather arrives. That's why it's basically run from April to the end of June, beginning of July. So fingers crossed we can get it going. I guess then we'll, uh, we'll just tell people to keep an eye out on the website and our social media pages, just um, if that's going to happen or not. Um, you mentioned there about the the senior team, the the Swifts. Uh, they're sitting top of the league at the moment, um, with two games left. I think. Um, do you think they'll get the season played? Yes, reference to soccer Bali, I think it's just a case of keeping it, everybody updated through our media pages. Uh, 
As for the Swifts, actually currently sitting second place at the moment, behind Money Slain. Money Slain, see, probably the best team we have come across or played this season. Um, I think they're far enough ahead. They could safely say that they've won the league. Uh, as for ourselves, it's probably between ourselves and Rough Island and Hillsborough for a runners-up spot. We've still Hillsborough to play in one of our last two games, so we're quite keen to get it played. But if we weren't to get promoted, then so be it. But I think it's been another good year for the Swifts, and whatever what happens, whether we we go up or we don't go up, we'll just keep pushing on and trying to develop the players for the reserves and first team. But as for the season starting, who knows? It's all up in the air at the minute, so we'll just have to wait and see. So this is the second season for the Swiss. Uh, last year, uh, the guys got uh, promoted. Um, this year, you know, fingers crossed that the season um, comes back again. Uh, hopefully, they'll get promoted again. Um, but it's as you said, there. It's not necessarily about uh, winning things or getting promotion. That's always nice. It's about developing players. Uh, would Would you agree with me? Yes, Scott, hundred percent. Definitely, development comes first, and especially when you're taking a third team as such and it's based around the younger players coming through the club and that's the reason why we started the Swifts to instead of losing these young players to other clubs locally it's a chance for us to hold on them and develop them further and then hopefully they're ready a lot of it comes down to desire within the player as well so basically my role within the senior section is develop these players and then help them along Okay, so let's say the season uh, is ended now. Um, what would have been your highlight? Um, we don't know if we've been promoted or um, or we're staying in reserve three. Uh, what's your highlight of the of the season? To date, I would actually have a couple of highlights. Uh, for me, going back January, there the team travelled to Lisburn to play Hillsborough. It was obviously challenging. We knew it was going to be a tough fixture after what had happened last season. Uh, Plus, we ended up having two players sent off. They had one. We were down to nine men, one nil behind with about a few couple of minutes left. And then all of a sudden, young Blacko hits this whirly top corner. Such celebration from the, the sideline on the boys on the pitch. It was such a feeling. But another highlight as well was uh, just before the lockdown, we played Sego over at Kiernan. Numbers were a bit low, brought in a couple of 15-year-olds to take part in the game. We knew it was going to be a tough fixture. A young Tom Leatham made an appearance, and young Jack from the under-16s came in as well. And to win the game, 1-0, was probably the best performance, one of the best performances this season. But sheer desire, and to see the young boys, and in particular young Tom Leatham, had a stormer of a game. So... Great to see. Uh, those were my two highlights of the season. And I guess your second point there goes back to uh, development of the players. You know, I think many people looking outside would say that, or would think, sorry, that we are Swifts maybe is full of our under uh, under nineteen team, but that's not the case. You know, we've you've dropped down and, and played under sixteens and possibly even under fifteens this year, uh, when times have been uh, we've a tough maybe through to suspensions or injuries or whatever so you know that's you've just backed up what you've said earlier it's proof in the pudding there yes for me uh that 2004 age group in particular there's a lot of potential coming through there and 
these young fellas are going to put pressure on the guys already there in the, in the Swifts, basically. Um, those guys in Swifts are only 18, 19 themselves, but these 15, 16 year olds, great potential there. I think I've used six possibly from that squad alone this season. Uh, and even when you go into the under 19s with four or five players there, they're actually only under 17 players. But playing in the under 19 squad, uh, the likes of young Sean McNally, who's come in, stood out, played really well for the under 19s, but in particular went into that midfield role uh, for the Swifts and has shown his, his ability and his quality on the ball and definitely potential for the future. So all going well from the new side of things at the club. Okay, and Phil, just before we go, uh, what's the thing you're looking forward to the most when all of this is over? You know, what's the first thing you're going to do either with football or away from football? On a personal note, uh, when this all ends, there's a couple of things. Unfortunately, I have a big, big birthday coming within five or six weeks' time. But a big five zero, so I had plans. We had plans to go on holiday for a couple of weeks, but that's now been cancelled. Uh, but the other big thing is. I've been speaking to Lewis on the phone, pretty regular on, on, on the phone, as I said, but I hadn't got seen him in about three or three to four weeks. So the big thing is to spend a wee bit of time with Lewis. And, and then when it comes to the football, it really comes down to the, the exact date when we get back. But if it's sooner rather than later, we'd love to see the season up and run again. All the teams back training as normal, finish the season off and maybe get a few tournaments in, get a wee bit of fundraising done for the club to help with uh, running the club because obviously funds get low when you're not you're not active as such so basically all comes down to the date when we can restart so we'll just sit tight and see what happens over the coming weeks. Well, Lee, uh, it's strange times for us all. Um, most of us are spending uh, a lot of the time around the house, but uh, you're still working. Uh, tell us a wee bit more about what you're doing during your day. Hey, Scott. Hope you and the family's doing well. Uh, yeah, I'm still working away over in Craig Allen Hospital there for the Southern Trust. Uh, basically, my day is split into two parts. In the morning, I'm a, an admin assistant, a PA to one of the assistant directors, and then in the afternoon, I'm over in planning, doing admin support. Uh, quite recently there, due to the COVID-19 outbreak, I've been doing quite a, a number of different things. Uh, mainly all to do with PPE. Um, basically what it is up in the afternoon, and in the afternoon I would, I'd be up in the hospital and nurses and doctors would take off, you know, their face PPE and put them in sealed bags and bring them down to me. I would keep them while they go on their lunch and stuff and then Whenever they return, I would give them them back. And then other days there, I've been making up care packages um, over in uh, Bonville uh, for, you know, care homes and domestic care workers, you know, to see them, right? You know, and with the packages there, we're doing up at a time. It's it's helping them out for a couple of days and until we get another shipment in. And then we go again with that. So yeah, it's it's different to say the least at the minute, but you know, these things have to be done in the, the times we're in. 
Uh, so you really are on the front line, uh, Lee. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that. I thought you were maybe just uh, in an office or something like that. So you really are putting yourself out there. Uh, fair play to you for doing that. Making up care packages and and things like that there with PPE. You know that's only a minor thing, really, if you compare it in the grand scheme of things to what the doctors and nurses of the NHS are doing currently. You know, and uh, you have to tip your hat to them. You know they're. They're the ones carrying the torch, and uh, what they're doing is, is unbelievable. And you know, even the likes of the cleaners and and things, you know, they're they're going into places, they're making sure everything's in tip-top condition and stuff. And I think everybody has a part to play, you know, in the in the current setup over there. And that's just how it is, and it's going to be for the foreseeable. Let's think about football then, Dicko. Currently third in the league, 15 games played, nine to go. Do you think the season will get finished? Yeah, nine to go, Scott. Um, and I think we'd won the last six on the bounce. And you know, also, we were an informed team, you know, out of the, the top three or four teams in the league, you know, and we had a brave few of them at home, uh, including the top two, Samiris and, and Market Hill. So, you know, we just returned there from beating uh, Dremore conventionally away and avenging the sort of defeat that was slipped up to earlier in the year. Um, but like this virus outbreak, you know, has happened, and we just have to deal with it. Like I'm sure every other team is. Uh, I know all the boys are missing it, and they're itching to get back at it. They're all doing their own individual stuff, um, and I'm pretty sure that if we get to go ahead uh, to restart this season, or you know, resume the season, sorry, uh, I think we'll hit the ground running, and you know, and pick up where we left off. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I think that the I don't I don't see it I don't see it being resumed. I think it'll be null and void, and I think they'll start it all over again. Uh, that's just my uh, personal opinion. But like, hopefully, I'm wrong, and uh, we get to play these nine games out. Even if they were to do it over a pre-season of some sort, uh, or shorten next year's leagues, but I'm a firm believer of leagues need to be finished. You know and uh, hopefully that is the case and hopefully we can do the business in the last nine games uh, to to leave a mark and hopefully uh, achieve what we set out at the start of the year, which was promotion. Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I don't really know what's going to happen, but for the sake of you guys, I really do hope the season is finished. I mean, last year you missed out on promotion, basically the last game, and then to maybe have a chance of either winning the league or getting promoted again and then maybe be taken away would be would be heartbreaking, wouldn't it? Yeah, understatement of the year would be heartbroken. But look, at the end of the day, these things happen. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, nobody ever foreseen this happening this year. So, look, if it does come to it, we just dust ourselves down and uh, we'll, we'll go again and uh, we'll learn from the silly mistakes that were made in the earlier part of this season and the previous season uh, and we build on it. And I have no doubt in my mind the squad that we have assembled up there um, is good enough to win that league uh, and, uh, and get promotion. And I think some of the other teams, you know, they have complimented us on the football we play and the, the playing staff that we have. So... You know, it's not us just living in a bubble thinking this. You know, we, we do have a good squad of players 
and they all know their jobs and they all want to do well and I think if you have those two uh, in a combination uh, you'll never be far away you know so I don't see it as uh, a major issue I just see it as you know there it's a delay and um, I have no doubt in my mind we're here to do a job and uh, I have no doubt in my mind we'll finish it at some point. So when you come home from work you've no football to go to now how does a man like you put your evenings in? Well the simple answer to that is barbecue and beers no, I'm only joking. Uh, no, it's difficult, especially whenever you're so heavily involved in the football. You know, if you were to turn around to me now and say one training session, uh, come on up the club, uh, 100 mile an hour wins with rain blasting in your face and having to listen to Ashley Gregg wins for an hour and a half, I'd snap your hands off for it. You know, so look, uh, I think it's made everybody appreciate how important uh, it is to get up there and, and do the training and stuff and I don't think we'll have too many cry-offs whenever the, the football starts back up again. Um, but me personally, I, I try to take myself off to clear the mind uh, with a wee walk every night. Um, i tell you the truth, uh, I try to get out the, uh, the door early as possible so as I don't get any more nominations because between nominating me to run 5k and uh, nominate me to, to spend money albeit they're on good charities I'm absolutely broken I'm getting fit and I don't like it it's funny you should mention Ashley Gregg there Dicko um, the senior boys um, have been doing their Knowing Me Knowing You series and his name has come up quite a bit as being the biggest girl um, Curtis McDonald's name has also come up as the one that sent to test you the most and then Matty Strain must be the thickest man in the world because Everyone has said that he is. He hasn't a clue. Um, how how do you get football out of these lads? You know, bunch of criers, bunch of testers, and a bunch of thickos. What's I mean? You you must you deserve a medal. No, Scott, they're hundred percent right. Those three players are sent to test me weekly, if not daily, through text message, phone calls, even laying my eyes on them. They test me. You know, if, if you're looking at it in reverse order, Curtis, you know, he's standing there training, he's doing handstands and uh, playing hopscotch and, you know, you're, you're turning around and you just you just have to give, you have to fight fire with fire with that one. You just have to give him the glare and then he, he wises up. Uh, next up, you have, you have Matty Strain. Uh, you know, the lift doesn't go the whole way up there, no doubt about it. You know, uh, I remember there just before Christmas, he's come down with a flu. You know, I had no idea how he got this because he never leaves the house. But uh, apparently all his mates turned up for to bring him down to Belfast one night and the uh, big time, the dad, was in the shower. And he's banging on the door looking into the shower. And he says, no, Matty, you'll wait your turn. He says, go away. So Matty, as usual, the rattle comes out. So he, he threw the rattle out and he way down the stairs, grabs the football bag and gets the shower gel out. Snow sitting thick outside, walks outside, puts the shower gel on and turns the garden hose on and, and soaks himself with the garden hose. So there he is, if you can imagine this fella full of shower gel on one of the, the winter nights, hosing himself down out the back garden with the garden hose. Unreal. Eh? And then you, you have Ashley Greg, you know, uh, he, he, he's filling out a car insurance uh, application 
and uh, the, one of the questions is uh, left hand drive or right hand drive the next thing my phone goes rings me he says, uh, you know Dicko which one do I put down here he says I use both hands you know so that's the calibre of person you're, you're dealing with there you know so even with Ashley, you know, you, you take it on a Saturday afternoon there, just before the football, you see what mood he's in. If he's real slow and lethargic, getting ready and stuff, you whip out the jigsaw, you, you put a couple of pieces in the jigsaw, let him finish it off, he's on a high, goes out, scores a hat-trick, the rest is history. I get what you mean, Dicko. I've had previous with Curtis myself. Um, I had the pleasure of teaching him for a few years and uh, playing for me in the school football team. Uh, we just arrived at Lurgan Junior High School. Uh, we're getting off the bus and he says, Sir, my, my boots are too tight. Uh, I don't think I can play. And I looked down at his feet and he had them on the wrong feet. He had the boots on the wrong feet. I mean, how, how do you deal with that? The story doesn't surprise me in the slightest. You know, uh, how he functions in life, I'll never know. You know, but then you look at the rest of them, you know, there's about 10 to 20 boys there who would play football every Saturday with their boots on their wrong feet, you know, judging by the way they play. But, you know, the stories I could tell you is unbelievable. You you would never believe half of them. You know, there's, there's Gary Miller there the other night. You know, Ziggy's caught coming out of the, the Chinese. Miller, for one, he's on Chinese patrol. Funny, he's always sitting outside these places, but he's never in them. And he's dead on. But... Uh, he puts in, what did you get, Ziggy? What did you get? So Ziggy rhymed off this thing with about 40 items on it. One of them was dried, salted chilli chicken. So he says, uh, Miller straight on that, oh, what's this dried, salted chilli chicken? Is it uh, is it a healthier option? And Glenny and uh, myself and a couple of others were straight on it. You know, not a lot of the squealers were, were reading it at this stage, so we had a suspect, you know, we had a victim. So we were all at him saying, oh, there's, there's a dry salted chili or a wet salted chili chicken you can get. Uh, the wet option is, uh, you know, it's it's a lot saucier, uh, but it's 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 far nicer. It's the healthier option, go you down in Oxford. So there we had Miller going down on the, the Thursday night, going down to us for uh, a wet salted chili chicken. You know, you, you couldn't make half it up. It sounds like the only smart one there is Henry Warren, to be honest, Dicko. Right, anyway, before I let you go, um, one more question, two parts. Um, what are you most looking forward to with football when it's all back again? And the second part is what is the first thing you're going to do when the lockdown's over? Uh, what I'm looking forward to getting back up to the football for is, you know, every single wee thing, you know, that contributes to a match day or training, you know, the changing rooms, the, the crack in them, the smell about the place, you know, even walking out onto the grass, having the having the crack with the boys before a game, the seriousness of it during it, and uh, whatever happens afterwards, you know, result providing, you know, it's you take these wee things for granted whenever they took off your your plate, um, and I know it's only been a month now, but uh, it has been hard for not only me but I know for the rest of the boys as well, and um, the first thing. We'll probably be doing, uh, I think, as a unanimous uh, thing, going by this uh, WhatsApp group we're in. Uh, it's, the lockdown's lifted, um, but I think the, there'll be a lockdown in the, the, the clubhouse, no doubt, um, after the first match back, uh, going by what these boys are talking about. They'll not see daylight for a couple of days. Uh, but 
like it's all good part and parcel of you know being part of a good football club you know the cracking and stuff off the pitch and a uh, camaraderie and you miss it all so hopefully when that's all lifted it's business as usual So Jeff, now that you've got a wee bit of free time in your hands, um, how are you putting your days in? <laughs> I wouldn't really call it free time, but I do like to keep some sort of routine about the day. Sort of out and for a run in the morning, then home for breakfast, then out to the gardens, do a bit of grass cutting, painting, and then spend time with the two kids. So mainly just outdoor stuff at the moment, when the weather's pretty good. I guess it does help that the weather is quite nice and we've got a bit of sunshine at the minute um any plans or any uh, backup plans you should say if the weather turns a bit sour yeah i have a few things to be getting on way inside the house but it'd rather be outside to be honest with you and i always like to say there's no such thing as bad weather just a bad choice of clothing but if worst comes to worst i'm not i wouldn't be afraid to get the hands dirty in the kitchen buns and bread but some cakes stuff like that there but uh Catherine would like me to get cracking on the spare bedroom for our youngest to move into in the next month or so. So I'll have some furniture to be building and walls to be painting. But like I say, I would rather be outside, to be honest. Jeff, I don't think for one second you would be any good in the kitchen at all, mate. Um, I've been following your um, your daily blogs. Um, it's a good segue, actually. You could uh, give it a wee bit of promotion. So daily blogs, and Catherine has been cooking up an absolute treat in the kitchen. I think it'd just be a hindrance, mate. <laughs> Funny you say that because Catherine says I have the most important jobs like washing the dishes and putting them away. If you have no clean dishes, we can't bake. No, in all seriousness about the blog, I sort of knew in a week in advance about this lockdown, so I said to myself, obviously that's been a massive thing around the world and probably the only thing that's happening around the world at the moment. I'd like something for my kids to look back on in a few years' time and remember what it was like for them. But hopefully they will read it and think, jeepers, we were too pests. We go out on a holiday. Jeff, I have been following your blog with uh, with great interest uh, from you started. And I can testify for you that, yes, you do, in fact, need a holiday. Um, for those that haven't discovered this blog, it's jadegreenaway.wordpress.com. Get yourself over um, around about seven eight o'clock every evening there's a new blog that goes up and they are well worth the read thanks very much fast got a wee plug there yeah it is about seven o'clock just after horror hours over so it is the, they would go up what about football then you're bound to be missing the bald eagle dixon okay yeah, i miss the big man firstly he's a good mate but as a manager he's a great man to have about the club but that goes for all the management team especially with Bates, good family friend he'd call around here on a saturday morning before matches We'd have a cup of coffee, have a chit chat. So we would, and then there's Colm, who's came in over the summer, settled in really well with Big Matthew Hollis. Also Phil, who gets gets to deal with every problem under the sun going. So Jeff, what are you missing most about football? <sighs> That's a tough one. I couldn't nail it down to one thing. It's definitely a combination of a few things. The likes of meeting early, talking to the younger team managers, like Jim McGuire, David Trainer, seeing how they got on in the morning. Then it's the changing room banter with the lads. Obviously the match, and when you win, it's a great feeling. But probably mostly the crack afterwards in the club. Good, good, good bunch of lads. Good laugh and all afterwards. So before the the lockdown, Jeff, did you have a chance to chat with the lads just to tell them your expectations um, for the next few weeks, or 
do you just keep it all within the WhatsApp group? Do the boys check in? Do they let you know what you've been doing um, individually or do you not police it at all? You know, um, how, how well will they be prepared if the season does kick off again? Yeah, there's a training schedule put into the WhatsApp group, but the results will be sent privately to Lee. But uh, like I said before, there's a lot of sensible people in the in the players, so there is, and they'll be getting on as much as possible, so there should be. Uh, plus, there's some really good content content on social media, you know, keep you up challenges and all that there to keep them active. Uh, but on the flip side of social media, there'll be a lot of negative stuff, especially sort of stressful times as it is. It's not all about physical exercise. Uh, I definitely be say to the lads about keeping the head right. Like, you know, a simple text or a phone call to someone would like, help them through the day. Like going back to the playing side of it, we'll probably not get much time if it does kick off again. So the hopefully the, the, the players will be ready. Last question then, Jeff. What's the first thing you're going to do when all this is over? It'll probably be get a football out of the store. Me and Beanie to go over to the football pitch. Set up a few penalties and just absolutely smash the ball as hard as I can, really. Into the net, obviously. Not over the bar. We all know that's not going to happen, Jeff. I can still remember Coke away all those years ago. Alan, thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. Um, how are you putting your days in then that we're on lockdown? Scott, no problem. Happily get involved. Lockdown for us really revolves around Jenny and I trying to get some work done as we are both working from home. Um, and to be honest, the endless struggle trying to keep, to keep the boys amused without them killing each other. Uh, this usually involves us doing some sort of football activity in the garden, um, but we can stretch that out to Nerf gun wars, building forts, hide and seek, and even the odd board game. Just a bit like ourselves then, Alan, trying to keep them uh, entertained and from killing each other. Yeah, that sounds about right. What about your role at the club then? Uh, you're uh, an academy coach. Uh, tell the listeners um, what you get up to during the week if we weren't on lockdown. And then uh, are you able to do anything at the moment um, with the lads over WhatsApp or Zoom or anything like that? Yeah, so uh, during the week, um, I suppose the weekends really. So I'm an academy coach. I look after the, uh, the under eights, 2012 age year. Um, there's two other coaches help me out. We train on a Friday night, half six to, to eight o'clock. We have about 30 kids come down. Um, and then on Saturday morning, we are down at the back of the arena for our uh, for the GDC games. We're there from nine to 12. We do three teams um, from nine to 10, 10 to 11, 11 to 12. Um, and then after that, we try and, we try and uh, recover from the mayhem that is Saturday morning and try and prepare for the week ahead. Um, for you know, for the following Friday. Um, since lockdowns happened, I'll be perfectly honest with you, we haven't done an awful lot. Um, you know, there was initially a flurry of activity. Whenever um, lockdown happened, parents were getting in touch. Um, that they wanted some, you know, agendas to follow or, or drills to do, and we put that up on our team app. Um, but since then, it's all been fairly quiet. So a couple of parents are now getting in touch, asking if we can maybe do something through Zoom. Not necessarily a training session, but just get the guys together, get the boys together in some sort of group chat. Um, and we're trying to like work through that at the moment and see if we can do that uh, in the next couple of weeks. I guess that's one of the big things, Alan. Uh, you know, for the kids, we have our things that we can be getting on with, whether it be work and stuff like that. But the kids are really knocked out of their routine, I guess. 
and sort of any normality for them would would be welcome so i guess that's why the parents are you know looking for a a zoom call or a whatsapp group or drills for them to do um tell me about uh you guys were supposed to be heading away um tell me tell me a bit about that is it still going to happen um or is it going to be postponed or what what's the story there so we're due to go to the foil cup in july so for those who don't know the foil cup is a fairly fairly sizable international tournament hosted up in londonderry slash dairy uh, and it actually attracts teams from all over the world, as far as China, Scandinavia, the United States. Um, and this is the first year that the Foil Cup was hosted at an under eight section. So our our boys have developed greatly over the last 18 months. And we're always looking for opportunities to push them further, push them along that line of development. So whenever the whenever we heard that um, the Foil Cup was offering places to under eight teams, at seven aside, you know, like we jumped at the chance. You know, I'm pretty sure if you went and went and looked at the date of the applications, Keith would have had our application in as <laughs> number one or two, and you know, or in that application list. Um, so at the moment we're still due to go, and we we haven't heard there hasn't been any official confirmation or 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 either way really from the or from the foil cup organisers um, whether the or the competition is going ahead or not. So at this stage, our plans are still to go third week in July for a week up and up and uh, staying up in the Holiday Inn um, in Londonderry, playing two games a day over five days. You know, it'll be an absolute um, fantastic, fantastic trip for the boys, development opportunity for us and them and memories for a lifetime. So um, I suppose just watch this space. To be honest, I'm not hopeful. I'm not overly hopeful that we're going to get going. But at the moment, we haven't heard um, that the competition's off. Well, fingers crossed it's, it's still going to go ahead, um, Alan. Um, and what a fantastic opportunity for the for the young guys to to play against players from different countries and um, different styles and stuff. And even as coaches yourselves, you know, to learn from, from different techniques as well. So fingers crossed it still goes ahead. Um, I guess, though, your, um, this, your preparations have been disrupted. Um, on the build-up, you know, we've hadn't played football now in probably four weeks, so and we don't know how long it's going. This lockdown is going to last, so I guess your uh, your plans and getting the guys ready for going have all been up the left. Yeah, so our preparation for the foil cup has been disrupted massively, like absolutely massively. You know, Keith and I had sat down and we had worked on a, a kind of like our program, and the program was meant to start. Um, I think it was the tail end of May, or sorry, the tail end of March. And that was going to run straight through to the to the end of to the end of June, start of July, uh, with the tournament being in the third week of July. So, you know, we had we had penciled in three tournaments or been accepted into three different tournaments, um, two in May, one in June, and a whole host of friendlies uh, in around and thereafter. So the first tournament was like or was going to be down in in, uh, in Wellington Rec down in Larne. Second one was going to be the or the Lurgan Town Cup. And uh, the third one was going to be down at Valley Rangers, uh, which last year we actually got to the final of and got beat by a very good soccer indoors team. So, um, you know, we had, we had a whole schedule planned out, um, training twice a week, um, bringing our squad in, working with them um, over that three or four month period. And, you know, maybe just, a, you know, a special mention to the club because the club actually put on, <laughs> put on an on an under eight section for the Lurgan Town Cup for the first time. And they agreed that they would do that tournament in a seven V seven 
um, format for us, you know, to allow us to prepare more effectively for the for, for the Foil Cup in July. So, um, a big thank you there for for the club that are you know Nigel and and Phil, um, allowing us to do that. So, again, all those tournaments are up in the air at the moment because if, if there's two in May and one in June, you know, we're actually not quite sure if they're going to go ahead yet. And I mean, if if we can if we can't prepare for the Foil Cup, you know. Um, I don't know how how well the you know the foil cup will go, but I mean for us it's really all about development for the kids. We obviously want to go along and uh, and perform well, but I mean if we haven't got that preparation time, we'll just go along and and have the you know have the um as most as most fun as we can really you know um as you said taking the opportunity you know, taking the opportunity to develop ourselves uh, and the kids playing all those different teams and all those different players from around the world. Um, and just you know, so, soaking up the the experience generally. What about you personally, then, Alan? Uh, how are you finding the coaching? Um, it's a wee bit different to playing. Um, you played for Lurgan Town for a number of years, uh, as well as a few other clubs. Um, how has your view of the game changed now that you're the other side of the white line? I'm glad you asked that, Scott, because um, I'm absolutely loving it. You know, it's it's turned into a real hobby for me. Um, you know, I know that I have a bit of added incentive the fact that, you know, my son Lucas plays the same team that I coach. But I mean, kind of developing kids at that age, you know, through the real fundamentals of football, seeing the enjoyment in their faces and, you know, that whole camaraderie that comes with being part of a team, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, um, as with most things, the guy, I kind of threw myself into it. You know, I've only really been coaching 18 months, bordering on two years. And what I'm, I'm almost halfway through, or I've almost completed my sea badge. I did my grassroots and my level one within a month of each other. Um, I probably have my sights on my, on my B badge, you know, whenever I get over the C hurdle. Um, you know, do I ever see myself going ahead and coaching senior teams? Probably not. You know, like I, I have a real enjoyment for coaching the kids, you know, developing them up, you know. Um, I just love it. I, I really, really love it. And, you know, in my opinion, there's no better place for that than Lurgan Town. They have, a, they have a real good, well, reputation locally for being a really good boys club, um, developing up kids, bringing them through, nurturing them. And not only in terms of being... In terms of being, you know, decent, good, sound footballers, but uh, you know, but good, sound people, you know, good morals, good values, you know, and that's what the club's all about. And I think, as you said there, you know, I, I played for them whenever I was twelve years old to I was eighteen, nineteen, um, came back again when I was twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. Played by yourself, you know, won the second division. Um, I just enjoy it. I just really, really enjoy it. And I think. You know, if I, if the kids that I coach now and and my son have half the friends that they have that I have now through football, uh, and they have a healthy hobby come the end of fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, well, then all the effort we put in now as coaches is is worthwhile. Alan, that's a really good answer. Um, I suppose it, it leads me to a whole lot of other questions. Uh, the first one being, you mentioned about the guys, you know, making friends, and you still have friends from when you're playing and stuff like that um if if a young lad was approached by a national league team would you recommend they go or would you 
say, no, stay where you are, enjoy playing with your friends, you'll still get the same opportunities. Scott, that's a that's a real hard one to answer, um, especially because you know Lurgan Town don't play national league. So um, I think from a player point of view, you know every player is going to want to play at the highest level they can get to. So you know the natural progression from a team like ourselves is one on with like one of the bigger local rivals who put teams into the national league. So um, like I. Would I encourage a player to go? It's probably really down to to those conversations we would have with the player and the player's parents because you know the the national league's not going to be for everybody. So you probably have to you know ask them questions like, are you happy playing where you're playing? You know, are you happy with Lurgan Town? Are you happy with your team? What do they want to get out of it? And if they wanted to to progress up up into the national league, and you know, I think. I think we'd have to support them. We'd have to, would have to, would have to um, support them get the get into the national league, which would mean releasing them, and, you know, and and letting them go to the likes of of Lockall or Glenavon or whoever it may be. So you know, um, I think we'd have to support them initially. So they, not everyone who goes to the national league has success. So they can always end up coming back, and you know. Um, I think if you if you maintain those relationships and you know if you support them one way, you know, and I don't have a bit have any bad feelings about it. That if it never worked out or didn't work out, there's always the possibility of them coming back. And I think you know, as a from a development point of view uh, and a coach's point of view, you'd always like to see the kids do well. So I think you'd have to you'd have to support that move if if it was the right move for them. Speaking with with the child or the or the kid in question on their parents to see if they could um, support them in that transition from from Lurgan Town to another to another team. If I use my um, under eight team as an example, so there's there's a handful of boys uh, in the squad who week in week out consistently high performers. So and that's only after being coached for eighteen months. So say we get to Say we get to another four or five years and one of the big national league teams in and st- tries to poach them. Would I stand in their way? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, it really is a difficult uh, question, Alan. Uh, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer to it. Um, I, I guess it comes down to each individual player, as you say. Uh, my next question then is about coaching. So you coach the under eights at the moment. Um, you'll obviously progress up with them because I think that's the policy at Lurgan Town. Uh, but do you do you think you should, or do you think you should remain uh, at the particular age group you are, so under eights, and then you take the under sevens coming up um, with a different outlook, uh, a fresh outlook, um, and pass your knowledge on to them? Um, what do you think about that? I kind of have two two kind of views on the whole coaching approach and whether to move up or not. Um, from a coaching point of view, I think it's good to have consistency. So. You know, I, I see no problem at all staying with age groups or teams for multiple years, you know, three, four or five years. Um, I think it builds consistency in approach, consistency in training techniques, consistency in how the team plays and how you conduct yourself with the team. So I think that's an absolute benefit. I do, though, however, think that variation and change is a massive, is a massive development technique. For any player or coach for that matter um 
So, like, yes, different coaches coming in, you know, rotating coaches in and out of different age groups is, is also a benefit. Um, but in my mind, it's like, like with most things, it's probably, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So, you know, if you can take a team three or four years, then it probably is time to hand over the reins then to someone else. Um, not only for yourself, but for the team, you know, you know, give them different approaches, give them a different view on things and equally for yourself, you know, mix things up a little bit. Um, although within those four, three or four years, I think you're going to be, are going to be, be with a team. I think it's, you know, as part of your responsibility of being a coach is to, is to keep yourself up to date with the latest techniques is to keep yourself fresh, you know, and how you're coaching the team. Um, so like there's a, there's a bit of personal responsibility there to, to, to mix things up a little bit. And I suppose that's what people try and do or what coaches try and do. You know, they, they try and do their, their coaching or coaching badges. You know, there's, there's, there seems to be multiple different, um, groups these days where coaches get together, you know, and, and speak about relevant topics in the field. So, you know, recently there, coaches from Lurgan Town and Glenavon, Market Hill, all got together online during the week and talked about self-reflection techniques, not only for themselves, but also for the players that they coach. You know, so it's all about, you know, staying ahead of the curve, trying to, to keep your learning up to date and trying to filter that back into your team. Um, so I haven't really answered your question, but I think it kind of lies somewhere in the middle. You know, I think you, there's there's pros and cons of both approaches, and I think that if you if you consistency is key, while also being appreciating the fact that you have to kind of mix things up and stay and stay uh, up to date with all the, with all the, or with all all the, all the latest thinking on on how to coach your players. Also, to bear in mind is the fact that these days there's there's multiple private academies that are being run that that run in parallel to what we are doing at Lurgan Town. So although we do train one night a week with the academy and play on a Saturday Saturday morning, there's academies, you know, locally and further afield that that um take kids for additional sessions. So whether it be a Tuesday night or a Sunday afternoon, um these act as additional contact time with coaches. So these coaches are different. They're usually you know, this is usually their job. So these academies generally aren't free. They're they're coaches that are that are well educated, put usually up to A license, and it gives kids an, an additional opportunity to be coached by someone different. So, um, I think that almost feeds into the into the story around, or into my kind of view that you can stay with teams for multiple years, and still give them the variation of of different coaches and different approaches and then my final question we bit lighter than the other ones um what's the first thing that you're going to do when all this is over so scott i have one word for you party it's been probably over about a month now since we've sat down with family and friends um and we're already talking about what we're going to do whenever this all kind of subsides a bit so we're going to have a big family party initially um probably at my house or somewhere else, barbecue, drinks, food. We're going to enjoy each other's company um, until the early hours and the kids can run around until they, until they can't run no more. And I think it's just going to be a, you know, a fairly big celebration of, 
um, of all those things, all those family and friends that you appreciate. And, that, and that's just personally. So I think football-wise, we're going to get the kids together. We're going to have a, a good footballing session, make it fun, make it exciting, maybe have a mini tournament, you know, um, just kind of celebrate the fact that we're back together and we can we can get um, focused back on football and having the kids enjoying themselves. So there we have it. Uh, big thanks to Lee, to Jeff, Phil and to Alan for um, taking the time to send us a few thoughts. Well, they didn't have really anything else to do, so uh, I suppose this is the best time to get them. Um, if you want to hear another episode, uh, let us know. Let us know what you'd like to hear, um, who, you would like, who you would like us to speak to, um, things like that. Uh, send us a message on any of our social media pages and we'll see if we can make it happen. Um, stay safe, everyone. Uh, stay indoors. Stay at home if you can. Keep washing your hands and we'll get through this together. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Talk of the Time. If you hit the subscribe button on your preferred download location, that should mean you never miss an episode. You can keep up to date on all things related to the club at lurgantynefc.com or search for Lurgantown FC on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening.